This week, we're trying to find the sport that's easiest for a team of novices to succeed in. If you can't win your own Olympic medal, store-bought is fine. It's more research required. Science and technology! Hello, and welcome to More Research Required, a podcast where we talk about all the research studies we would do if anyone would give us the money. I'm Amy Giacomucci. I'm Abby Norling-Ruggles. And today we're doing kind of a thematic question. I don't know. It's the Olympics, and also we have this question, but those things were somewhat unrelated. Like, we already had the question. Yeah, we already had the question, but also we've been watching the Olympics, so the reason why we picked it is because we care a lot about the Olympics right now. (laughs) It's the zeitgeist. Everyone cares about these sports for this period of, like, a month and then never again for four years. Okay, I'm going to care about Adam Rippone every day of my life. I mean, I already do care about figure skating a little bit. I Like, I mean, I, I care about the Shibutanis year-round. Like, I've been a fan of the Shibutanis for a long time. I did not know they existed until they began. I'm so happy that I was able to introduce you to them. They're wonderful. I love them so much. That's such a good sibling activity. <laughs> yeah. Did you know there's also, uh, I think it's a German pair of siblings? They're not doing ice dancing together. They just both separately qualified for figure skating, which I think is still pretty good. They're both at the Olympics, just they both got there separately. I mean, that's still pretty good. I do want the siblings to dance together and make ice dancing less, like, uncomfortably sexy. (laughs) No, not talking about anyone in particular, definitely not Canada. (laughs) Yes, this is not a call-out post for Canada. I would never say anything (laughs) negative about any country to the north of America, but... (laughs) If one were to discuss uncomfortably sexy routines, <laughs> Canada might come up. Maybe. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so ice dancing and figure skating, I don't think are even candidates for this question that we're asking, which is, uh, what is the easiest sport to, I guess, succeed on like an international level at, is kind of what we're thinking? Assuming that you have not done it You've never competed in this sport as an adult. Or probably, we should say, never competed in any sport at, like, a professional level. Ooh. Because I believe there was a story about a world-class sprinter who trained in bobsled for, like, a year and then got to the Olympics. So clearly there's, like, some skills that cross over sometimes. Yes, but you are a novice at other sports. It's just, like, our... You do you have the skills required for that sport, but being in any sport and also being a human being does start you in building skills to be good at a sport. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and I mean, that's a big part of um, how I think this is going to end up shaking out is like, you know, you want sports where the skills are things you could have built while not doing the sport. You know, so anything that happens on ice is just right out because it's totally different physics from anything that you do while not on ice. Right. I actually found 
This is not good research. I didn't do good research because we're recording two podcasts today. Um, yeah, it's a lot of podcasts. But also, like, I, you know, I was making an effort and there's not a lot of... I, I did find a book about the concept of sports expertise, but there's not a lot about, like, comparing the relative difficulty of sports because that's a very goofy thing to do. Unless... You go on to ESPN.com from, like, 2011. Yeah. This is a sports skills difficulty rankings, and I couldn't find it anywhere where it was still being hosted for some reason. (laughs) So... I think I did find it on ESPN's website, but not, like, a modern version of their website. Yeah, like, an olden times, like, forbidden knowledge printed out on vellum version. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't find any date about when this was actually published. I, th- I have the feeling it's 2011, but I don't know why that is, so I could be totally wrong. Plausible. But, it's definitely at least a few years old. Yeah, but basically ESPN did this thing where they talked to a panel of, like, 12 sports experts. and <laughs> You're to- doing finger quotes, and that's very fair. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've, I have reasons. But, um, so they ranked sports on how difficult they are based on <laughs> endurance, strength, power, speed, agility, flexibility, nerve, which is sure. <laughs> Finger quotes again. Yeah. Durability, hand-eye coordination, and analytic aptitude. Thank you so much for telling the people about my gestures, by the way. They're very important. They're important to understanding the context of what you're saying. Yeah, the context being that some of it I disagree with or don't understand. <laughs> right. But according to this thing, the hardest sport is boxing, which I did not know that people were okay with boxing as a sport, considering how much they argue about things like figure skating and cheerleading as a sport. I mean, boxing is like more of a sport. I mean, because the issue that people have with figure skating and cheerleading and stuff, which I mean, is fake, they're sports, but it's that they're partially judged on artistic ability, which, you know, does make them sort of, like, less quote-unquote objective, I guess. Whereas boxing, it's literally just a competition to see who will fall down and or get knocked out first. Well, yeah, but it's also, like, up to the ref's discretion of how knocked out they are to an... Well, okay, every sport has referees. I'm just saying, I feel like boxing is also very subjective. I mean, you're not wrong, but every sport is subjective on some level. I was more concerned about the easiest sport on this list, which uh, was fishing. Not a sport, I don't think, no. at all. First of all, not a sport. Second of all, very difficult on a mental level. I mean, right, I don't, like, I can't do fishing. I went fishing once as a child and I hated it because I don't like to kill things. So, like, you know, on some level, difficult. Also, not a sport, and also, you don't really do anything in it. You just wait for the fish to show up. Yeah, like, it's based entirely on these external factors, and, like, did you buy something that looks enough like a worm? I had a a couple issues with this ranking. The first is that their, you know, quote-unquote panel of experts, which included Olympic Committee members, academics, sports journalists, and one two-sport athlete, (laughs) um... (laughs) was pretty overwhelmingly white and male and definitely not at all balanced in expertise. You know, they had sports journalists who covered, like, the big four sports and they had a guy who did, I believe, baseball. Yeah, baseball and football, I think is what he did. (laughs) Um, And, like, two women. But I, I think that this 
unbalanced level of expertise is probably why cheerleading was eighth from last on a list of 60 sports, so it was number 52, and it was below golf. That's fake. And also gymnastics, which is almost the same thing as cheerleading, was number eight. So, like, that's just, they don't know what cheerleading is. Yeah, that's very fake. Also, like, the panel looks like exactly what you would get if you put out a newspaper ad that said, are you a sports expert? And, like, (laughs) ten people showed up. Yeah, (laughs) basically. It just, like, was not well done there. It very much aligned with what people think is a sport, honestly. Yeah, on top was uh, boxing, hockey, and football, which, to be fair, are among the sports where you are most likely to, like, break your brain, so that's hard, in a way. I feel like we shouldn't measure how difficult something is by, like, how much you get injured doing it. That's fair. That sort of implies that either the thing itself is bad or you're very bad at it. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I mean, I I do think that on some level, this ranking sort of matched, like, how much are you showing your, like, masculine toughness by doing this sport? (laughs) And that's not a great ranking. Mm -hmm. But, um, and we're not actually here to talk about the hardest sports. We're here to talk about the easiest sports. Right. I don't know enough about sports to answer them, but, like... I mean, I, I did separately make a list of what I think the easiest sports might be, and it did somewhat align with their list. You take fishing off. But, um, okay, billiards also questionable whether that's a sport. Like, is chess a sport? Are, are, do esports count for this? Can we, like, play Overwatch at the world level? Okay, I, this is a digression, but in the creation of this research, I heard, found out about a sport that's called, like, High Ally, and I'd never heard of it, so I looked at videos for that. But while I was looking at videos for that, I found a link to a sport called chess boxing, which is when you oh do chess and then you box. <laughs> and if you get checkmate or knock your opponent out, you win. And it's whatever oh, happens. I think I might have heard of that before. That's amazing. <laughs> it's the best of both worlds. <laughs> Sort of. That reminds me of uh, a sport that I learned about while doing research for this, which is kind of my least favorite sport now, actually, which is modern pentathlon. What is it? So it's, you know, five events, like a triathlon or a biathlon. I mean, triathlon is very much like, you know, it's a race with three parts, like biking, swimming, running. That seems easy and straightforward. Biathlon's kind of goofy because it's skiing and shooting, which are not really things that you would think would go together. Pentathlon. So in ancient Greece, pentathlon was a foot race, wrestling, long jump, javelin, and discus. Modern pentathlon is like, I don't know, the gentleman's pentathlon because it's fencing, swimming, equestrian show jumping, and a final combined event now referred to as the laser run, where you shoot a laser pistol and run and alternate those two things. (laughs) So I do actually think in some ways this might be a candidate for easiest sport, just because like presumably you don't have to be very good at any one of those things, you just have to be okay at all of them. Yeah, like, you can, as long as you get to a novice level, and if that's a different sport, like, if we can call that a categorically different sport from the five sports it encompasses, that's fine. Oh, gosh. Wait, can I tell you about the best, first of all, the best sport that I found, and also just, like, an unrelated thing that I want from looking at sports? Okay, sure. 
So the best sport that I found is a sport played in England where you have to wear a lab coat and the ref also wears a lab coat and it's called, it's called shin kicking. And that's what the sport is. (laughs) That's not good. Why Why are sports like this? (laughs) Is that... Like, does that goal? What is the goal of shin kicking? <laughs> what do you think? I mean, to kick shins, but how do you win shin kicking? You just keep kicking people in the shins. I didn't look into the rules because okay. I figured that I knew. Um, <laughs> and then the second one is like the Finnish tradition of wife carrying is apparently considered a sport, and now I just want two wives to win it. That's all. Aw, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. No, I think we are going to have trouble defining what's a sport here. Like, the ESPN list only included 60 sports, but, like, I think there are more varieties of sport than that in the Olympics. I mean, there's, like, 50-some type sports, but that's counting, like, skiing as one sport, and skiing is actually, like, 20 sports, which is why the Norwegians win every Winter Olympics. (laughs) Yeah. No, I actually, um, there's a poll that was, like, on Deadspin, and it wasn't done very well or anything, but I used (laughs) it for one of my classes in senior year that's just, like, what's a sport and what's not, according to polls? And, spoiler alert, it's a lot of, like, secret sexism. Yep. (laughs) But, like, we can use a poll of what people think sports are, even though that's not what sports are. (laughs) Right. I mean, I think we do just need to, like, define for this question what a sport is. But before we get into that, I do have one other uh, background thing to discuss a bit, Mm -hmm. uh, which is the book Expert Performance in Sports, Advances in Research on Sports Expertise, edited by Janet L. Starks and Carl Anders Erickson. And wait, when did it come out? 2003. And it's just, it's an anthology about the concept of expertise in sports and also sort of the concept of expertise generally, which was kind of interesting. I, you know, it's a whole book, so I didn't read all of it because it's a whole book. Yeah, that's fair. We have another podcast. <laughs> we have another podcast to do. Uh, it's Tortal Recall, by the way. You can check it out <laughs> on iTunes. Yeah, leave a review, listen to our cool friends. Mm-hmm. So this book defines expertise in a sport or in anything as the result of deliberate practice for the purpose of improvement, as opposed to, like, play. Like, to become an expert in something, you have to have really structured practice that you're doing to improve and not for fun. Which, I don't know, I mean, that's like, I feel like there's a gray area there. But anyway, they say it's the result of deliberate practice, um, and that true expertise requires 10 years of deliberate practice, which is a lot and does not bode well for our team of novices. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I also think that probably means that, like, sports where where you can succeed older are going to be good for us, assuming that we don't start training our teams of novices at, like, four, because then they're they're not novices then. They've been training for that their whole lives. So, right, sports like gymnastics, women's gymnastics, and figure skating uh, that require a lot of flexibility and stuff like that, people tend to be very good at it very young. Mm-hmm. even as minors, so that might affect how they work for the, for our study here. Also, just this is a total side note. I, didn't, I wasn't thinking about this until recently, but men's gymnastics and women's gymnastics are almost totally different sports, right? They mm-hmm. have totally different events, and me- the men's events very much prioritize, you know, strength 
and the ability to, like, hold difficult positions and that kind of thing, whereas women's tends to be, like, flips and flexibility. And, and so the men are much older than the women, and in fact, people who win the women's events can be, you know, 14, 16. Chinese people keep trying to enter, like, 11-year-olds, you it's know. It's too young. It's really young. But, like, we we made this sport as a human society. Like, we chose things that little kids are good at for the women's version and that older people are good at for the men's version. And, in fact, like, 12, 13-year-old kid, there's not that much physical difference between girls and boys. So, like... If men's and women's gymnastics were the same, or, like, if men also had to do the women's events, probably it would be a bunch of, like, young boys, too. But it's not, because we chose, as a society, to prioritize young women and older men. So, just, yep. What a surprise! What a (laughs) strange twist to the way that we usually do things. (laughs) Anyway, I'm, uh, I'm annoyed, and I really hope that all young female gymnastics are, like, having good lives and, like, good childhoods and not worried about the fact that they're going to peak when they're, like, 17. Yeah, I hope that eventually we kind of get rid of the gender distinctions of gymnastics so that maybe there can be multiple age groups in gymnastics and not just older men and really young women. That would be nice. That would be great. Mm -hmm. And, like, not even getting into, like, non-binary Olympics people. That's true. I mean, right, that's a whole other topic that is really hard to deal with in sports. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously there are differences between our societal concept of, like, a female body and a male body, which do not, you know, correspond to people's actual gender necessarily, but, you know, people have different kinds of bodies and different abilities, and when you get into trans people and non-binary people in sports... Like, we don't want to not have the categories, but we also do want those people to be able to compete. So it's a tricky question. Yeah. But not really related to this episode. Yep. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so the one other thing that I wanted to say about this book, which is not actually, like, a fact that I learned from it, but they were just talking about, you know, practicing and, and gaining expertise, and they had a section heading that was what skaters actually do versus what they say they do. Uh, and what they actually do versus what they say they do is that non-experts tend to practice jumps a lot less than other stuff because they're hard so there you go (laughs) okay just like this burn on skaters i really just want adam rapone to riff on that he's the funniest man alive he's the only funny athlete there's ever been that's true that's probably why i think he's the funniest man alive but mm-hmm. anyway, yeah, I love he's him. great. Um, <laughs> so should we move on to methodology? Yes. Okay. So I had a thought, which was, mm-hmm. what if we get a group of people like in their 20s and start training them for Olympic events randomly assigned and yeah, no, I see how many of, of them most... get medals? <laughs> the most straightforward concept is just, you know, our question is, is there a single sport that is easiest for a team of novices to excel in? Let's just make some teams and see how it goes. Yes. And like, for 10 years of training, people can get into the Olympics at a lot of different ages. I mean, not gymnastics, if you are a woman, apparently, but <laughs> the other ones. <laughs> yeah, well, gymnastics is totally off this list. Anyway, it requires a ton of like, you know, specific body characteristics and, like, 
very specific skills that yeah. it's not going to be a contender for easiest sport. No, you're right. Um, but I do like want to make sure that it is considered a sport. Yes. Oh, definitely. For every sport that's in the Olympics, certainly. we. I mean, and that's, you know, I'm fine with saying it has to be an Olympic sport because that's most of the sports. Yeah, and then maybe we'll get invited to the Olympics. And everything that's not in the Olympics is kind of <laughs> questionable. Yeah. I mean, I would argue that cheerleading is a sport, but, you know. Yeah, so we, we get a bunch of people who, I, I'd say maybe, like, you know, start at age, like, 18, try to get, like, early 20s. You know, all adults, but, like, you know, try to give them the most possible time to, like, train. Uh, and just get a bunch of them and make, like, a team for every Olympic event and just start them training and see who's the first person to qualify for the Olympics. Yes. Well, not who's the first, but we have them just keep doing it. Maybe this is a 15-year study, but they start going for the Olympics after 10 years. And well, they could start... No, I think they, they start training. They start competing. You know, as soon as they can get into the Olympics, they do that. Okay, yeah, but we have to figure out when we are going to assume this is over. Sure, right. I mean, I think we could say it was 15, or, you know, maybe 16 years would make more sense given the four-year cycle of the Olympics. Oh, but yeah. Yeah, no, I think we could say 16 years, but I think, you know, if they can get into the Olympics after four years, there's no reason to not have them do that. That's true. That's a good point. Okay, yeah, so 16 years, we just see how many <laughs> medals get a, get amassed over time. Right, so we can judge easiest sport either off of either most medals acquired, which could be none for most sports, probably, <laughs> um, or just for first medal acquired or most people to get it to qualify for the Olympics total. You know, there's a few different ways to judge it, but okay, are I we going to select people based on? Like, are, how are we going to select people in relation to the sport? Are we going to randomly assign them, or are we going to assign I'd say them? randomly assigned, but you are disqualified from competing in an event if you've ever competed in that event, or I would say, like, a similar one. Like, if you did track and field but not marathon, you still can't do a marathon, or if you did marathon but not cross-country skiing, you can't do cross-country skiing, that type of thing. Okay, but we still can do people who have been, like, athletes. Most people have done a sport at some point in their life. So, right, if you have done, you know, if you played soccer and then you want to try to go for gymnastics, like, that's fine. Or luge or something. Yeah, I mean, gym don't try to go for gymnastics, but yes. <laughs> well, I mean, presumably we're making a team for every Olympic sport, regardless of how likely it is that they will actually ever qualify for the Olympics. Okay, yeah, 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 sure. For example, not going to qualify for the Olympics in hockey. <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen. Well, I mean, maybe one person. <laughs> maybe we can get <laughs> someone into the USA team. Is this going to be just a United States study? That's a good question, actually, because, well, I guess, like, unlimited funding, we could do this worldwide and just have, like, a lot of teams. It is a lot easier to qualify for the Olympics in some places than others. And it obviously does depend on sport also. Like, if you're doing skiing, you're going to be at a major disadvantage in Norway. But if you're doing swimming, I don't really think you are going to be at a disadvantage in qualifying in Norway. Yeah, exactly. And in the United States, I think it's harder to qualify for most things because right. there are so Right. We just many. have a really deep pool and lots of money. Not like a literal pool, like a deep pool of talent. <laughs> well, we also do have some pretty deep pools. That's true, and that helps with the swimming events. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and diving especially. Yeah, so I mean, I think we basically have this, honestly. Do you want to do some speculation about what will happen? I think that the easiest sport is going to probably be something that involves a lot of sliding. Perhaps bobsled? Interesting. Well, the thing about bobsled is that you do, like, most of it is sliding and, like, not that much else, but you do have to get, like, a really good push, so you have to kind of sprint and, like, have muscle abilities, like, for the very beginning of it. Yeah, but we're giving people 16 years to train those abilities. That's true. And then after that, it's a lot of sliding. I don't know anything (laughs) about bobsled. Yeah, I mean, most of what I know of it did come from, like, a little bit the Olympics and then a lot the movie Cool Runnings. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's all I've got. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a good movie. It's a good film. (laughs) Check it out at your local library. Support your local library, please. (laughs) Okay, well, I think that the, the easiest sports are going to be ones that not that many people do, ones that don't require a specific body type. Like, you know, you're going to do better at basketball if you're tall, but I don't really know if there's anything that makes you better at, like, bowling. Mm -hmm. Is there bowling in the Olympics? I don't really know. (laughs) I think that people have talked about adding it. Oh, well, I mean, it's a sport, bowling. Uh, And I I think the other thing is things that have skills that the average person will have at least a little bit. Uh, Outlier... Maybe modern pentathlon, just because, uh, like, I really think that that, that's a contender because you only have to be okay at any of those things. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, like, most people can swim and run and, like, how hard can fencing be? I don't know. Probably not that hard, right? Laser tag is so easy as long as you cover up the sensor. (laughs) It's not literally laser tag. It's a little bit laser tag from what well, you yeah, said. Well, yeah, but it's not like the, you know, they're not actually playing tag. It's just laser guns. <laughs> and, right, like, the, you have to do 15 jumps of equestrian show jumping, so you do have to learn to ride a horse and then jump it, but then, like, the horse does the work, so that's fine. Yeah, right? but probably. you also have to undergo the emotional toll of your horse, like, probably dying at some point over the 16 years. I don't really know how long horses live. Well, they're incredibly they fragile. I mean, yeah, but like, that's like, you know, they mostly don't die unless people like kill them. Yeah, that's true. Anyway. Um, right. So I think that I think uh, modern pentathlon is a contender. I also think things that don't require a lot of like strength or like cardio ability, but mostly require accuracy like shooting and archery and also curling maybe mm-hmm. where like maybe ping pong is also on well ping pong is i don't know like <laughs> i can play ping pong as a on just an average person but like i'm not very good at it and i feel like the people who are good at ping pong are like really good at ping pong they're so fast <laughs> it's terrifying <laughs> yeah. okay yeah so i guess with maybe outside contender modern pentathlon my guesses are that it's gonna be like curling shooting, archery, something where you basically just have to, like, stand there and put a thing in a direction good. I would agree with that because a lot of that is just, like, honing your aim and, like, probably building strength. So you can do that in 16 years. It seems like you could do that, yeah. Okay, sounds Uh, good. Now. Amy, who do you think is going (laughs) to fund this study? I gotta ask you first. I think that the person who's going to fund this study is John Williams because he wants to compose Olympic theme, too. 
<laughs> for the better Olympics. Yes, the better Olympics that we are going to bring into being by creating all of these novices who can't get into the Olympics because we are doing this in the United States. <laughs> I th- I still think we could do it worldwide. I don't know if okay. John Williams has the budget for that. Did he compose the NBC the Olympic, Olympic theme? theme? Yeah. It's, oh. Yeah, it's his best work. Sure. <laughs> no, but that's okay. It's pretty good. It's really good. The Olympic candidates is incredible. Sometimes I just listen to it to hype myself up. Nice. Who are you going to ask to give us money for this endeavor? Um, I'm going to say, like, a consortium of various countries that have not won many Olympic medals. Like, not the U.S., because they've got it figured out. But a bunch of, you know, like, countries that have maybe only entered the Olympics once or twice don't have that many people who qualify because they want to figure out the easiest path to getting more medals. Oh, I don't want to have to make them pay for that. Well, we could... Okay, let's ask John Williams for for funding and then, like, include athletes from those countries pro bono. That sounds perfect. I'm sure John Williams will be into it. He's really (laughs) excited about Olympic theme, too. Too fast, too furious. (laughs) Hmm. Well, maybe. (laughs) Okay, well, that's all of our good research for the day. Super good research. <laughs> a really good research. So our theme is Marie Curie by the Crips off the album Discover Science. You can email us at moreresearchcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at moreresearch underscore. You can go to our Tumblr, which is moreresearchrequired.tumblr.com. Yeah, if you have any questions or things that we should talk about or design a study for, you should send them to any of those places. Yes, and also, like, if you're listening to this on iTunes or any podcast catcher of your choice, feel free to scroll down to that section with the stars and perhaps click on some number of them. (laughs) That's not so easy. You know, as an Android user, I always have to, like, log into iTunes separately to rate things. Oh, But, you know, if you're an Android user, consider doing that. Because it would be (laughs) very nice. It sure would. All right, let's get ready to record our next podcast. And until next time, support your local public libraries and stay curious. Also watch Cool Runnings. Solid.